This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio gets the job done right with help from our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades. Welcome back, and we are back with our trusted contributors from the Ontario College of Trades. I'm going to give you the numbers. If you have questions, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we've all been there, at least those of us who are not mechanically savvy. I'm certainly in that group. Your warranty's expired. You're trying to find a certified mechanic or you're talking to a mechanic and you have no way of knowing whether your car actually needs the expensive work that he is telling you it needs. So how do you make sure you're not being taken for a ride? Pardon the bad pun. I'm here with trusted contributors Jamie Holmes, a certified automotive service technician, and Sherry Haig from the Ontario College of Trades. Welcome. Hi. Thank Thank you for having us. So maybe first thing we can uh, talk about is just the fact that, I mean, as a woman, but anyone who goes into an automotive uh, shop, I've always had that worry of, okay, what are they doing to it? And are they really going to fix it? I have no idea what they've done. Am I, is this person someone I can trust? And now, for the first time in Ontario, you can actually uh, check and ask if they have a CFQ, and they have to show that to you. And that's part of it. At the Ontario College of Trades, you can actually check online to make sure and say, show me your name, show me your certification, and then actually confirm it. So um, this is a big peace of mind. It doesn't mean that you're going to get your car fixed the way you wanted it, but at the very least, it's giving you that extra assurance that the person is qualified. So uh, it's called what? A C of Q? What's a certification of qualification? So, um, and that uh, involves, uh, and Jamie can speak to this, um, many, many hours of apprenticeship and the, the level of uh, expertise and knowledge that you now need uh, to, uh, to fix a car and to do this type of work is quite incredible. So, you really want to make sure that person has been trained and they're required by law to be trained, they, to have that C of Q. So, if they don't, they, they shouldn't be working on your car. And, and that's when you can call us, and we'll come in and, and check. So also, for the first time in Ontario, we have enforcement officers that go in and check to make sure that the people that are working in those shops are, are working legally and protecting you. And uh, how big a problem is it? How many of you are were there a lot of mechanics working without the certification, without the proper background? Oh, many. Many, lots, lots, lots and much and many. The, um, the one thing you, to... Uh, uh, people may be concerned about asking someone uh, for their certificate of qualification or their membership card uh, from the Ontario College of Trades. They think, oh, well, that will that offend them? Well, actually, no, it won't. They'll be pleased to show it to you. They'll be pleased to show you that they're qualified and they've uh, met the requirements and they've um, challenged the exam successfully and that they put in, you know, uh, eight to 9,000 hours that it was required to get that qualification, so. And and how about upgrading those things? Because I know the cars get more complicated mm-hmm. <laughs> every year. Yeah. 
They do. Uh, I mean, training is offered by uh, not necessarily the manufacturers directly, but they're uh, offered through other channels. Uh, and most uh, qualified technicians want to make sure that they keep their skills up, so they're constantly taking upgrading and training. Um, you know, I, I know myself, you know, I would take uh, 60 to 80 hours of training per year wow. in order to stay on top of things. You have to. You, you have no choice. You'd be left behind if you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we're also doing at the college is modernizing training curriculum yeah. for not just um, uh, the automotive sector, but for 156 different trades where for decades, some of these trades have been completely ignored. And uh, the standards and apprentices were not learning with uh, being in touch with what's what's actually happening out there in the workforce. So we've started doing that. So hopefully the, the new generation coming in too are also uh, being trained with the, the cutting edge technology that, that now is utilized. Okay, let's give out the numbers again in case people have questions about what their mechanics are telling them or anything to do with the mechanics on their car or any other questions about trades. Actually, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And the cars are so computerized now. Mm-hmm. So what... Uh, differences that make and I know I I, I got a new car and there's a a problem um, actually just with my clock on the car and I went and I was hoping that they could fix it when you know they put on my spring tires and they said it's a software problem and we're not getting a fix until July I mean how Mm -hmm. common is that you know what it's actually very common because as you said uh, the vehicles are very computerized Uh, depending upon what kind of vehicle that you have you'll probably have at least a minimum of three you know, logic type uh, boxes, uh, uh, totaling up to maybe 40 and 50 in some brands. Uh, and they all talk to each other on a network, just like computers, you know, do uh, as, we, as we are used to in our homes and our businesses. Um, but in, in many cases today, uh, software fixes are, are the way to go. You know, they, they are, they're able to fine tune. Uh, however, you know, you still need to do uh, maintenance. You still need to repair mechanical problems. Things still do wear out no matter what. It's still a mechanical device no matter how much electronics you put out on the outside of it. Um, however, versus uh, 30 or 40 years ago where perhaps uh, someone who was mm, maybe a little bit more, you know, working with their hands – I'm just speaking of the automotive industry. You need some uh, mathematical, a little bit of uh, critical thinking skills in order to be able to solve today's problems effectively on vehicles, Uh, simply because you have to understand how they work. Mm -hmm. It's not just a matter of, you know, tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. Sometimes it's a little more involved. Many times it's a lot more involved than that. And there are um, certainly a lot of horror stories. I mean, when you asked about numbers, so uh, we're just starting to get out there, and we have found uh, 2,500 uh, instances of people that were unauthorized working just to... Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was just 2015, and that's just us touching the surface. Um, and some of the examples of what we've seen is brake pads put on backwards, water put in brake fluid. We're talking about things that actually can put you at, at risk. Mm-hmm. So this is serious business. That's and, right. Sorry. So, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, how does somebody, is it somebody who trained a long time ago or I'm, I'm just not even wrapping well, my head around it? Well, what, what happens is that in, in many cases, uh, people think, well, you know, what, what can I do to make a living for myself or whatever the case may be? Um, and they just turn around. Uh, and they go and open a shop. I mean, if you're with the um, certain cities or municipalities, it's a matter of paying a fee. 
to get a public garage license, and uh, as long as the fire department approves you, away you go. They don't ask to see a certificate of qualification, you know, because it's outside of their purview. It's not. It's not what they do. They're not there to protect the public. They're there to collect licensing dollars, um, and therefore, you know, anybody could walk in the street and and think, oh, I can fix a car. Well, I know how to, you know, do that. Are the now that you have these certifications, are the the municipalities? Uh, on board? Are they are they checking this as well now no, or not? No, this no. is just us. It's and just the first Ontario time College. this is happening. So yeah, this this is brand new. The the other thing too that people also have to understand, and also you know those people who are, are tradespeople have to understand, is there's now an organization that is looking after them as a whole to ensure that standards are being met. You know, and that and I mean you know a long time ago we would you know. Customers would sometimes ask you to do things that were questionable, you know, especially, specifically in regard to safety standards inspections, and we would say, no, I can't do that. There are laws in place. You know, we have to follow the rules and the regulations. And they say, ah, you know, who's going to know? Well, now there is an organization that's going to know, and, and you will be censured if you mm-hmm. go out of bounds. Yeah, and even at the uh, so at the College of Trades, we actually partnered with the police on uh, where we went in. It was an autobotic shop in Guelph, and believe it or not, they were uh, fixing taxis and falsifying safety certificates. And these were people that had no business touching cars. So we went in, we charged them. Police got involved as well, too. And like, was, was the taxi company in collusion with them? You'd have they to had no so. idea. So they just thought they were getting these cars fixed and they, they had uh, safety, so they figured they're fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Scary stuff. It's scary stuff. We're going to have to take a quick break. I'm going to give out the numbers again before we take that break. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with the trusted contributors from the Ontario College of Trades, and we're talking about making sure that you have a qualified mechanic working on your car, how you can determine that and uh, what happens if you don't. We'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with our trusted contributors from the Ontario College of Trades. The numbers, if you have questions about auto mechanics... And anything else they deal with, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And I have Milton in St. Catharines. Hi, Milton. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, I'd like to bring uh, a point uh, about uh, dealers. Okay. Uh, Okay, they have all the the, uh, equipment to, to be able to read the codes in the cars when they when they go wrong and and that's fine and dandy the thing with uh, dealers is that they, they charge through the you know through the ceiling they they, they have ridiculous prices uh-huh. the second thing is for every job that they do they put a time limit on it so if it's a task like say uh, doing a brake job and and they have to pull a rotor in and it's rusted and it takes time they put this mechanic under all sorts of pressure and strain, and it makes it difficult for him to do a proper job. Uh, so, so that's that's one thing that's wrong, and and that's why I have gone around and found a small shop. I'm fortunate in St. Catharines that, that that does all these things. His problem is that although he's got a computerized system that he can read the codes on the car, 
there are certain things that he can't do. Like I have to have a, my dashboard replaced, and he had to take it back to the original dealer after he had replaced the dashboard to get it uh, restarted, to get it booted up. So, so this is something that these these people say that you know it's bad tradesmen, but it's not always that. Okay, um, I can see Jamie here uh, shaking his head. So, Milton, let's hear what Jamie has to say about um, what you're Yeah, I, I mean, up. You, you brought up some good points, Milton. There's no doubt about it. But uh, several things. Number one, uh, if the technician and the you know, service advisor are communicating properly, um, number one, they should be estimating the job correctly. So if you have a, a part that's excessively rusted or whatever the case is, is going to take extra time, um, you know, that needs to be communicated back and forth between them, and it needs to be communicated to you as the, as the client uh, as more time that's required that unfortunately will, <laughs> of course, uh, equate to costing you more money, number one. Uh, number two, though, as far as not having access to information, as a matter of fact, we're very fortunate here in Canada uh, that we do have access to uh, information from all the dealers. And if um, your technician is keeping up to date and also, unfortunately, investing in technology, we have access to virtually everything that the, the dealership has. Uh, we can reprogram cars. Uh, we can reflash software. Uh, we can, um, you know, bring dead devices to life, so to speak, stuff that's out of the box, uh, and get it communicating. Um, and uh, now, the thing is, though, depending upon what make of vehicle you have, it may or may not be uh, make financial sense for your technician or the shop to invest in that. I mean, if, if they only have two or three customers with a specific brand of car, they're not going to spend 1500 or $2,000 on a piece of equipment to be able to do that. But if you have something that's more common, um, and then um, all of our shops, uh, they all do it. Just, Yet you have to. No, Just no, a minute. I, I, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. So there's, you need different equipment for every different kind of car? Yes. Yeah, in many cases you do. Yeah. <laughs> Shows how much I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can we can sometimes, I mean, to to have thirty or forty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars tied up in diagnostic equipment, uh, is is not uncommon. Um, so this, this I, I, is a fact that my uh, both my vehicles are North American vehicles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this guy, he's a franchise. Okay. Yeah. Part of a darn good franchise because everybody you talk to that deals with this particular franchise, no matter where in Ontario, they're all very satisfied with them. But even they can't keep up. They don't have, have the resources to do like what I told you. Right. Well, that, well, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, if it's, especially if it's a North American vehicle, I, I can tell you for a fact that to be able to program any GM, Ford, and Chrysler, I can do that with about $1,800 worth of equipment plus a software subscription of about $35 per day. Well, he... So. he like if if my idling goes squirrely or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean he can he can plug that in, and he can get that sorted out right away because he has the diagnostic equipment and mm-hmm. and he can reboot it, okay. But but he could not fire up, he could not fire up my entire dashboard. I don't know why. Well, because he said he had to take it in there because they were the only ones that had it. It wasn't available to them. Okay. Well. Um, okay. So be it. Very okay. Well. Um, thanks for your call. Uh, I think that well, alerted... One more point. Yeah. What? When he said that, that these people are not, you know, they, they can talk back and forth if there's a problem when they're doing the job, that doesn't happen. Uh, this this was another another dealer with another car company, but also North American. And uh, I had a crack in my battery from the day I bought it. And uh, they, they would never, ever replace it. 
they kept on saying, oh, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. You could see the acid build up. I'd wipe it away. They said, oh, no, that's your fault because you, you should have left it. And eventually it ate away the terminal and it, and it ate away the, uh, yeah, the well, that's, cable. Well, that, that unfortunately, that's, that's, uh, that's well, an that, issue that's, between the, the service North, advisors and so North on. North American issues with North American dealers. That, that's what I'm trying to point out to you. Well, that's, well, that's, that's the dealer network. That's, you know, that, that falls. That's, that's just poor business practice. That's not uh, within yeah, the purview that, of the College of Trades. one shop that did that to me. That was three different dealers well, I, yeah, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe you need to deal with some different dealers. There's Milton, thanks. Part, yeah, yeah Omvic. Omvic overseas. Uh, okay, I'll let you go. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, and just one other thing to, to clarify from the gentleman earlier when he talked about a lot of bad tradespeople. Um, on the contrary, there's actually many, many uh, skilled, talented, uh, skilled tradespeople out there. Um, what we're talking about are the, the, the bad apples that we don't want people to uh, get okay. stuck with. <laughs> let's, let's take another call. We have uh, Suzanne waiting in Hamilton. Hi, Suzanne. Hey, good afternoon. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. I uh, just want to say I'm, I'm involved in the trades. I'm a horticulturalist, and uh, I did go through the trades school. And um, the people that are uh, there that are the enforcement officers, uh, first of all, I think that um, going to the garages, I've never been to a single garage that doesn't have the fellas' credentials posted on the wall someplace. And if they're not posted on the wall someplace, um, then you kind of know you're not dealing with someone on the up and up. And if you, I mean, you know that because you're going there because it's cheaper and it's the backyard mom and pop operation. And you go there and you know what you're getting, you know what you're being paid for or you're paying for. Um, So there's, there's that kind of thing. I mean, today's mechanic can't go out and you know, afford all this equipment for diagnosing these vehicles. And since we're all forced to buy these new vehicles with electronic systems in it, then it kind of, you know, you gotta, you gotta know and have the money to do this. So anyway, the qualifications are posted. Um, it sounds like the enforcement folks, it's just another layer of government job creation for those people. Better that the enforcement officials go to the people that are hiring these apprentices or training these apprentices and make sure they're getting the correct training, oftentimes, and not necessarily in the mechanics situation or electrical engineers, plumbers, etc. but in horticulture, I can tell you that there's a lot of people that are being hired that uh, through the uh, schooling, and they're not learning what they should be. So if they want to enforce something, please enforce it at the educational level and not at the bottom line uh, going around and busting people for, you know, not being certified. And because people that are going there know that the person is or isn't certified because the qualifications with regard specifically to mechanics, auto mechanics, you know that, uh, um, you're getting, uh, a qualified mechanic. I had electrical electricians come in and redo wiring in my house and, they didn't even do it right, and they were supposedly uh, qualified. I saw their qualifications. They still did it wrong. Okay. Um, we'll give them a chance to uh, respond. Thanks, Suzanne, for your uh, call. 
Yeah, just a, a couple of points on that. One, uh, absolutely, there's many people that do not check CFQ. I certainly didn't, and frankly, most of the people I know wouldn't. Uh, perhaps because you're in the trades, you might think you uh, are a little more conscious about uh, doing that. So, And because we've had so many examples that have led to public safety, it's actually critical to be out there uh, going after people that are uh, improperly fixing cars. That's a public safety issue, not just for the person that bought the car, but for the, the other victims on the road if that car uh, goes off the road. Um, but a good point on the apprenticeship, and frankly, that's one area that we are doing, and enforcement does play a big role in that, which is really helping the apprentices through the system and making sure they are getting trained. But once again, I go back to what we said. When government was in charge, there was actually no one was was upgrading curriculum. We've upgraded curriculum that hadn't been touched in 20 years, 20 years. So we've had some really um, uh, blocks and gaps in, in training, and that's actually what we are doing. And that is a big part of also what enforcement does. In fact, their goal is actually to bring people into compliance more than to issue tickets. We're here just to make sure that everybody's qualified. Sometimes people just uh, need to go write their CFQ. They have the years. We have a process to help them through that to actually get there. So uh, there's a lot more that we're doing. Enforcement is really the um, the, the, the last resort. And that's why we're here today is, is to talk about, you know, making sure that uh, we do all we can from a prevention point of view. And do you do you have people who are running those mom and pop shops who uh, are trying to get their certifications? Yeah, a number of them do. Uh, what in, in many cases what what we found certainly in the past uh, not necessarily moving ahead is that the people who are um, as Sherry said uh, who haven't gone and haven't challenged the the exam to obtain their certificate of qualification are people who, who st- struggle somewhat academically. Um, fortunately, the college has put uh, measures in place uh, in order to kind of level the playing field, if you will, and to give these people um, more support and encourage them to come and to challenge the exam. And, and if they're not successful in doing that, they're able to give them uh, assistance as to in areas where they uh, have had difficulty uh, t- to ensure that they will be successful. Um, is language ever an issue where you have people who uh, are perhaps new immigrants and don't know English that well, don't want to take an exam in English? I'm sure there probably are some, yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, one of the things that we uh, we do is um, we have a process called T, which is a trade equivalency assessment. And, uh, for example, I, I had a, a guy at an auto body shop that called me and said he has one of his mechanics who, um, you know, he wants them to be legal and he's worried about running the exam. And same thing, his English isn't great. But uh, we also have uh, people that speak multiple, multiple languages at the college. And uh, we offer counseling and we actually help that person get through that process and, and to change their life. And they never had that before. Okay, well, I'm just going to give the numbers again. We only have a few more minutes, but in case there are more questions about certification, about making sure that you are getting the proper work on your car, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And just before you were telling me about a case, this is really scary, of a school bus that a, a fleet of school buses that were fixed by people who weren't qualified. Yes, I mean, that's that's the other point is, um, you know, you can say, oh, well, everyone knows. Well, actually, they don't. And when you get to uh, something involving the safety of children, so uh, we, we had a complaint that we followed up on. And, and frankly, uh, we, you know, we plan on doing a lot more in that area because that's a, a pretty critical area of, of safety. So, um, And you're saying the school bus company didn't know that they were dealing with people? Who were not certified. Right. So we're actually now going to do a little more proactive with school boards to educate them about who they're hiring, uh, making sure that uh, that these uh, these 
buses are being fixed by people that know what they're doing. Really? That's, that is uh, extremely scary. It's astounding mm-hmm. when you think mm-hmm. about it. But, but now there is actually somebody watching over this. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, time. It's yeah, a, before that, no, no one had anywhere. They didn't know where to go. Uh, they didn't know where to go. And well, there, call, wasn't, there wasn't anyone, right? Yeah. It was the Ministry of Transport or whatever the case was, and their investigational abilities are, are, are great, but you know, they've, they've, it's a big province. And somebody handing out a contract for school buses didn't think to check anything? Well, what happens is they, they may hire, and there may be some people that are, that are qualified, and frankly, this was the case. It was a, a whistleblower that called that said, um, you know, I'm, I'm a licensed mechanic, but um, there's someone else here that's doing work, and th- they're not qualified. Right, or, or they would have a single license within the shop, someone who has challenged successfully met the qualifications, but they may have six other people working there. All operating oh, under that individual's okay, uh, license, there. you see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when someone says, oh, well, you know, the certificate's on the wall, that's great. But whose certificate is on the wall and who's actually working on your car? Uh, you, you can't uh, – any of the compulsory trades, you cannot work for any longer than three months unless you are a qualified individual or you are a registered apprentice. So ensuring that you're being trained properly. Okay, so, so you, that's another question for people to ask when they see the certificate on the wall saying, is this the guy doing the work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as I said, don't, don't, don't be afraid to ask because anybody who is certified or who is a, a registered apprentice will be pleased to, to show you proof because they, they are proud to, to have the qualification. It's, it's, it's an earned, you know, it's an earned um, Sounds like a lot of hours. It, it is. is. It it's is. years of, of yeah. training. Yeah, well, when I did my apprenticeship a while ago. Um, <laughs> and it, are you up to date? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am actually up to date. Uh, my apprenticeship has started out at 10,000 hours. Just over, just, just over five years to become wow. a certified automotive technician. Well, that's, so. um, that's, that's what they say. That's the Malcolm Gladwell thing, 10,000 hours for you to become expert in something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, very much so. Okay, well, uh, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much to our trusted contributors from the Ontario College of Trades, Jamie Holmes and Sherry Haig. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.